Do you want your church to have a good reputation amongst people, that they speak well of you and things like that? They would say yes. Then I'd say, okay, you need a good marketing. You need a good marketing campaign. Welcome to the Must Increase podcast, where our mission is to increase his name through your church. I am your host, Luke Clayton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Bo Snyder. Bo, how's it going? Luke, it's going well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. It's 2019. That's hard to believe. It is. Crazy. It is. Hey, I think we've actually, to start this podcast, we've got a question. We do. We have a question from Lindsay in uh, Tennessee. Um, first of all, we always appreciate your questions. You can email those to podcast at mustincrease.com. So here's the question for this week. Uh, Lindsay is an aspiring graphic designer, and here's her question. She simply says, what is the hardest thing about being a graphic designer? That's a broad question. It's a very broad question, but Luke, this is your expertise. This but is what you're good at. So what do you got? I'll start out by defining there's two different, in to me, from what I've seen, there's really two categories of someone who's in, to, in the graphics world. There's a graphic designer, and there's a graphic artist. Yep, very true. I am a graphic designer. Yep. And here's here's the difference between the two. You, you know what an artist is? Someone like, okay, remember Bob Ross? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, awesome. Classic Bob Ross. Awesome artist, you know, like he starts out with a blank canvas and by the end of the show, it's this beautiful work of art using a landscape or something like that. And it's like, it's beautiful and it all just comes from his head. Sure. You know, he maybe he saw that image somewhere, saw that, you know, was on a hike or something and saw that, but he captured that in his mind and then he was able to put that on canvas. There are graphics, people who work in graphics who are graphic artists and they're like that. You give them an idea uh, or they have an idea and they can put it onto the canvas, such as the digital canvas, you know, on Photoshop right. or Illustrator or whatever it may be. I'm not that. I'm not a graphic artist. I'm a graphic designer. And the difference is this. I, it's very hard. I, I'm a horrible artist. If you were to give me a, <laughs> a paintbrush and a canvas or a pencil and paper to sketch something or paint something, it would look awful uh because i'm just i I, i'm not an artist and so the same's true about what it comes to even like i said using digital tools and so for me i have to see i have to have visual inspiration and if you've ever you know worked with must increase before we usually ask you to submit some type of visual when you want a graphic we say hey could you send a visual aid along with this to kind of help us know what you're picturing in your brain First of all, that just streamlines the design process. But for me, it's because I need that. I It's just very hard for me to create it in my head and put it on paper. Now, that's not necessarily the case for other things when it comes to like filmmaking and writing scripts. You know, I can develop all that in my head and kind of write it. But as far as making it a visual depiction with art, something that's just I just don't do. So that for me is the biggest thing that I struggle with and, and just talking with other designers is because most people aren't artists. Most aren't. It's, it's a natural gift, natural talent. Right. And so for uh, for most people, it's difficult to be able to just kind of have that original inspiration. But I go back to the quote. I don't know who said it. I've heard that Picasso said it or that Steve Jobs said it. Honestly, I don't know. Those are two very, very different people. <laughs> but um, it, it was something like uh, good artists borrow and great artists steal. And I have heard that. I'm there, not sure who said it either, I, but I, I have either. heard that. I, I think, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Steve Jobs, but it may be, maybe he was quoting Picasso. Who knows? 
But uh, the, the, the truth is, is that there's very, there's nothing new under the sun. That's a biblical principle. There's nothing uh, that's fresh, truly fresh and 100% original. You have right. to be inspired by something. And no matter what level of artist or designer you may be, you have to be able to find that inspiration from somewhere. And so I don't know if that answers the question as well as maybe what Lindsay was hoping, but it's it, that for me is a challenge as far as the graphics side is that getting that inspiration and being able to take somebody's idea or even your own idea and visualize it. Let's get into the podcast. We're talking to Jeremy today yeah. with the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We were out there back in um, August. August, yeah. Back in August. We've actually been out there twice in we 2018. We have, yeah, two two times in uh, 2018, which is seems like a long time ago, but it just yeah. happened just a few months ago. Yeah, we were uh, both cases were shooting short films. So in March, we were there to shoot It Is Finished. And then in August, we were there shooting Nativity, which we've recently released to our YouTube channel. And then also Resurrection, which is coming out Easter of this year. Right. So so Jeremy is on staff there at Gospel Light Baptist Church. Tell us what he does. What's his role? Jeremy, is his official title is the Outreach Pastor. And so he's responsible for outreach. But they're a mid-sized church. So really a lot falls under his... Sure, he wears uh, many hats. Yeah, his, his, his umbrella of responsibility, if you will. So one of the things obviously with outreach is marketing and you know we hear the term marketing and we often think of that as just a business term like that doesn't apply to churches but the truth is it does marketing is simply the management of, per of perception so jeremy has learned very well to manage the perception of his church in his community sure. of rio rancho new mexico which is a suburb of albuquerque right and uh, so anyways this today's conversation we focus on that idea of what he does for outreach and marketing for specifically a lot of his bigger days, so like Easter or a Christmas Sunday or a special outreach event. Right, when their days are high attendance, those are more high-profile yes. Sundays throughout the year. Yeah, that are more, the, every Sunday is geared to the community, but sure. these are, go out, you know, above and beyond. Right. To, and they, they, they put a little extra on their outreach efforts to get people in. And so, uh, and speaking of which, one of the things that we consulted with Jeremy on was developing our 2019 uh, church marketing strategy guide. And this is, uh, we took some of his ideas that he mentions in this podcast and applied it to this when we were developing this. And this is actually a free resource that you can download at our website, mustincrease.com. You can head over, download it to completely free. And what it'll do, hey, we're only a few days into 2019. It's not too late to start developing a strategy. You can have a nice website. You can have pretty graphics. You can have nice videos, all that stuff. All that stuff is great. But without a plan, you will not make a lot of progress this year in when it comes to outreach and marketing. So head over to mustincrease.com and grab that. You'll be glad you did. And you'll see results as a result of using this strategy guide. Now, Anyways, going back to Jeremy, just want to give that plug there because that's a free resource. But with Jeremy, uh, he's really got a great process and a great system, but I don't want to give it away. So uh, really, without any more discussing it, let's just get right into the interview with Jeremy Linnetine of Gospel Light Baptist Church. think about outreach in church to me that's always kind of been like a church friendly word for marketing in a way now of course there's much more to it you know with with church it's not just you know marketing as far as to make money it's to reach people and so obviously there's you're not I'm not trying to make it so um you know like I said I'm not trying to 
belittle that fact of the people aspect of it. But when it comes down to it, I mean, you're trying to you know manage the perception of your church to people to reach them to uh, get them to come to your church. Am, am I kind of right in, in, in that? Yeah, so I, I think that we do this weird thing where all of a sudden when we start talking about church stuff, then like principles or business principles or marketing principles somehow don't apply. So, But I would ask that same person, well, do you want your church to look favorable in the community? And no doubt they would say yes. I would say, okay, do you want your church... Uh, to have a good reputation amongst people, that they speak well of you and things like that. They would say yes. Then I'd say, okay, then you need a good marketing. You need a good marketing campaign. Yeah. And um, you that should be something that is important. And so I think that sometimes that we we want what it brings, but we're scared to actually just, I guess, say the word marketing or whatever else. But anytime you go out into the community, albeit with the gospel or just inviting or maybe just doing a community reach day, uh, you're, you're building your... I say I'll say the word brand. What I mean is just you're building your reputation in the community, and any church needs a good reputation in the community, especially the more tight knit your community is. So it's important. Yeah, and um, absolutely. Now you mentioned that word brand too. Uh, I think a lot of churches kind of they kind of believe they're exempt from, like you said, these principles of branding and marketing um, and just general good communication. And, you know, how many church websites have you gone to? And they just, they just look bad. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they just look like they were built in the, the 90s and they haven't been updated. And, you know, they're still talking about their 2007 picnic. And, um, and, and then, you know, they've got their logo is not good. And the, I think one of the things that I've seen a lot of beyond just like I said, websites and stuff is, you know, inconsistent branding. You know, they don't, they don't use the same, the same logo or they don't have a logo at all or something like that. And, and so with that, uh, you know, we obviously, we can talk about the, I want to talk about the media aspect of it. What are some things you do using uh, media things such as, uh, obviously, uh, I don't want to give it all away. I don't I want to give you some uh, time to answer uh, but without saying everything that you use. But, you know, things like uh, outreach materials, whether it be printed or banners or, or um, you know, video or any, anything like that. How do you guys use that to market and reach uh, your community? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say two things. If we can come back to the logo later on, because sure thing, we went yeah. through we went through a rebranding ourselves about five years ago that we found really important um, because the same thing. We sort of had a carryover of two logos, one of them being very bad and the other one not being fully integrated. And um, it's, it's not as hard as most people would think, but it is important. It's very, very yeah. important. I mean, if you can imagine if you walked into a Walmart and they had two or three different logos going on just because they were slow in changing things out, you know, it'd be ridiculous. And I think another misconception when I start talking about this stuff is, is that smaller churches might tell themselves, well, we don't have the budget to do those kind of yeah. things. This is going to be something that we get to one day. And I would say that you might not have the budget to do it on a scale that you want to, but any church at any size can look sharp. There's church plants these days that, man, they are rolling out with some mm -hmm. great media and, and it's just, it's tools, that it's it's cheap subscriptions that they have. It's small tools that they have. Um, it's just, it doesn't cost them much money, but they brand really, really well. I was sitting down with a pastor uh, just a couple of weeks ago at a youth conference we had here, and he had just launched um, about nine months ago. And I'll tell you, their stuff is sharp. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did it all on a budget, did it on an easy budget, but he just, he knew what he was going after and he stayed with his brand. So to, to answer your question about materials, 
um, about four years ago, we sat down and decided that we were going to identify for us what would be five big days, if you want to call it, days where we go all out, we're all in. And once we identified those big days, uh, which uh, for us, one included Easter, one included Christmas, and um, I, I think it's important and wise, We could. this is a whole other issue, but it's really important and wise to use the natural times where people are already yep. have church on their mind. And in our industry, that's just Easter and Christmas. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it, uh, unfortunately, where society thinks about you know, things of Jesus or things of God naturally. So using those two days are, is huge. And um, so when we did that, we sat down, we said, okay, these are our five big days Then we need to fully craft a big day outreach plan. And when we did that, what that meant was it, they would be all days that we would order in flyers and materials for. They would all be days in which we ran Facebook campaigns uh, for. Uh, they would all be days which had uh, very specific uh, big outreach times where we tried to get a lot of people going out just to pass out flyers, maybe just inviting if they weren't comfortable with doing anything else, just to invite, put an invite in people's hands. Um, and then also that they had very clear and defined uh, follow-up plans so that on the backside that we were getting people's information and then following up with them, welcoming them to our church, to our community, and trying to make them a part of our church. And I think once we did that, it was really, really great to be able to say, okay, these are the five times we go all in, and we know what that means Anytime a big day comes up like that, we're ordering the materials, you know, six weeks out that we need because, uh, you know, you have about a month where you can push really hard uh, to invite people. Um, if you haven't already started to set your calendar, uh, Pastor, just look at, you know, what are the, what are your big days? Maybe you can only have three big days in a year, four big days in a year. Uh, but they should be specific times where you have a definite plan for how you run leading up to that day, in that day, and then on the other side of that day as well for the best follow-up possible. We'll be back with the rest of our interview with Jeremy here in just a bit. I want to take a moment to talk to you about a special offer we're offering here at Must Increase where you can get 30 days of creative service for just $1 a day. Uh, This is a great way to make a powerful impact on your community uh, through some creative services that we are offering uh, in the form of welcome videos. And welcome videos can be used for a variety of things, uh, obviously by the implication of the name to welcome your uh, guests to your service, but it's also a great way to engage your congregation in general by making announcements and just kind of uh, getting people excited about what's going on at your church. And right now, you can get 30 days of welcome videos for just a dollar a day. So if you're interested in this offer, head over to mustincrease.com where we've got links to get you started on 30 days of creative services for just a dollar a day. So once again, head over to mustincrease.com, take advantage of this offer while it's available. If you use, have you used anything as far as with uh, uh, every door direct mail or mailers or anything of that nature? Because um, I, I get from some that it's effective and some they tell me it's not effective. So I kind of get your take on that. Yeah, so th- the problem with uh, direct mailers like that is 
you, you can't always tell if it's effective. There's not a great way, and I've talked to a lot of different guys that do the job that I do, and there's not a great way to quantify it. One thing that we started doing that I, I borrowed this idea um, is, and I think it's effective, is when you're leading up to a big day, um, probably, you know, let's say five weeks out or so, uh, they would direct mail that invitation for that day to a certain zip code, right, or a certain mm-hmm. section or whatever. And then they'll follow up a week or two later and they'll go and they'll try to blitz through and knock through that area or whatever. And uh, it allows you to open up with, hey, you know, you, you know, might have got something in the mail from us, just wanted to follow up with that. And it, maybe it opens a door, it kind of cracks the door open a little bit, you know. Um, maybe if your connection card has a place on there, your visitor card, where they can mark how they heard about you, maybe they hear about you through indirect flyer or whatever. Um, I, I think that it's good to do. I don't. I think there's some things that you can throw so much money at um, that nothing will really ever beat just getting out there and personally inviting people. Uh, whether it's somebody you already know, like a coworker, okay, or a friend or family, that's great. Um, but you know this after you've been in church for you know five to ten years, um, you pretty much run out of people. All of your friends are inside the church now, so at some point yeah. you're gonna have to go to meet people that you aren't familiar with, people that are strangers to you. Um, so I think that it opens a door. I would say have a plan about it and just hold to that plan. Uh, you could spend a lot of money, you know, blitzing thousands of houses, and you might not have that in the budget. Um, and so it's something that I think you should do, but you shouldn't do a whole lot. Another thing with Facebook posts, we used to mm-hmm. we used to pay to bump and promote a lot of Facebook posts. And again, that's almost impossible to tell if anyone comes from that. Yeah. But I think what's more effective is we just taught our people organically to like, comment, and share mm-hmm. whatever we put out from our church. And that gets it on a lot more friendly eyes. You, you don't look at ads when they come up on your Facebook. No. You don't. You just you scroll right past them. So I think that throwing a lot of money at that, again, is sort of foolish. Um, but getting your people involved in that way is another way that they can be sharing it just Tuesday morning when they're at work. They can help you promote your day that's coming up if you have a good social media presence. Yeah, and, and that just that concept of... Really, what you're talking about is using social media with the power of word of mouth. Absolutely. In a way, you're posting to people that are like those people. Right. And if those people like your church, there's a better chance that they're going to like your church. The other thing is, is like I said, it's the word of mouth concept of, hey, my friend said good things about this church and shared posts about this church. And that really, you know, I think that that just goes way further than just paying and getting, you know, getting an ad on the newsfeed of somebody random that you've never met. Not to say that couldn't be effective, uh, but the, 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 the whole concept of the true social networking and people sharing and liking and, and, and kind of networking that way is much more uh, powerful. And, and I did want to say this, jumping back to our uh, thing about mailers, uh, that is something that you mentioned the cost. And uh, if you are going to do uh, you know direct mail or something, um, I, I know people where they've, they, they try, I've, they've, I've tried to work with, you know, churches trying to do these mailers and they're trying to put too much on it or uh, really they're making it to where, I mean, think about all the junk mail you get in the mailbox. And, you know, if it doesn't stand out from that junk mail, it's going in the trash. At least that's how it works at my house. Yeah. And, um, and so you're going to have to, if you're going to invest that money, uh, you need to also consider investing into making sure the design of that mailer looks sharp, mm-hmm. that it's going to stand apart. Uh, and be strategic in that. You know, like I said, you can, there's different ways to do direct mail, whether it be zip codes or uh, by the specific um, uh, mail routes or whatever, but you have to be strategic in that. Uh, and, and I did want to, because like you said, you mentioned that about uh, the mailers. And so 
uh, with with whatever Facebook. And one more thing, I did want to say here that you know I think about your church and and some other churches I work with. Your church is excellent about the personal invitation aspect. In that, whether it's you know we talked about social media, but taking that to a personal level, where they actually go to their friends, their coworkers. And even go to their neighbors and in their community, and they actually invite people to church and tell them about uh, essentially what their church is and what it's all about, and that's Jesus Christ. And um, and I I did a statistic study on a church I worked with on that used just about every form of uh, advertisement you can think of: mailers, Facebook, uh, newspaper ads, everything. And of course, they had some uh, uh, some you know other flyers and stuff, posters, things like that. It was amazing when we, we actually were able to capture the numbers on this and get a pretty good idea. I mean, it's well over 80% of people who came still came, not because they saw an ad, not because they saw something on Facebook or a mailer, because someone invited them. Yeah. Because the power of a person actually inviting them, and it's just so much more than just seeing an ad in print or on Facebook or however it may be. And I think that's why your church... Uh, I mean, it's been here 30 years and, I mean, really grown from nothing to uh, Sundays you'll have, what, I mean, anywhere from 300, 400 plus, depending, yeah, 400, on, the time, yeah. Yeah, 400, yeah. Minute, depending on the time of year. So, I mean, how have you kind of cultivated that, uh, created that culture of, you know, getting that whole, hey, spread the word? Uh, because I know a lot of churches don't, you know, they don't get people excited about going and sharing about, uh, about their faith. Uh, or about their church. So how, how have you kind of cultivated that these past years? Yeah, and just say this. I mean, I think that people assume it can be like one way or the other, you know. Um, do I believe in, in using Facebook as a tool? Absolutely. Do I believe in mailers and sharp designs and all of those uh, flyers and mail-outs and stuff? Absolutely. I just think that you should always, it's, an, it's a tool and something to be paired with you and your people getting out into the community. If you're not getting out into the community, uh, like you said, then, and this will always be true, that, you know, you said 80%. I guarantee that for any church, even that's just killing it on Facebook or marketing or just mail-outs, that still 60 to 80% of your people are going to come because someone that they know or got a good impression of, maybe they just met, but they left a really good impression on them, that someone like that invited them. And so um, to answer your question, I, I think that it has to stay um, pushed from up top. I think that your pastor has to really be sold out on that this is the way we should do this. It's the most effective way. But also, I mean, I believe, and, and maybe this is you know, not shared by everyone, that's okay, but I believe it's also the biblical model mm-hmm. um, to get out there and just to invite people. And again, I'll use all of those tools. And um, I use... I. Facebook posts for our church constantly. Um, but I don't think, I think some people use that as sort of a trade off yeah. and you can never trade off just getting out there and, and meeting people, uh, in your community. Cause I don't care how much money you spend. You could spend $2,000 on a Facebook ad. It's, there's going to be households it doesn't reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then still, no matter how much money you spent, most people would scroll past it. No matter how much money you spent in a mailer, most people would discard it. Let's just be honest. Most people will discard your mailer. Um, which is why I just think you need to be intentional about it. If you're going to send out 20,000 or 2,000, that's great, but follow it up by going to that area. Um, that way it's used as a tool because you'll ask them, hey, did you get our mailer? And they'll say, oh, yeah, probably, but they probably threw it away. But at least now you have an open door and you're showing that you are, you're caring because they get a lot of mailers from, from yeah. churches, let's mm-hmm. face it, or at least several in a year. 
especially when Easter's coming up or big times like that, because every church is trying to capitalize mm-hmm. on Easter. Mm-hmm. So what stands you apart and what will always stand you apart is the times that you're out there and talking to them, if it's at the park or if it's on their front door or just meeting them in the neighborhood. Um, that will always stand out because that's a small playing field. There's not a lot of people on that field. There's a lot of churches on Facebook. There's a lot of churches with great websites, and you're just going to have a good website amongst a ton of good or great websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but you getting out there and meeting the personal connection um, is is obviously very, very huge. And look, when you're small, you don't really have a lot of word of mouth working for you mm-hmm. yet. So one of the things that you need is just to be meeting people and creating you know, if you want a good reputation, make, you know, create that own you know, reputation and just make it for yourself. And so I think it has to be pushed from the top and I think it just has to be encouraged all the time. I think that soul winning and, and probably Bible reading are two of the quickest things that people can drop or get discouraged about. You know, you can have a great day out talking to people, witnessing to people and the next week not go because it just takes so much momentum. So I think you just have to constantly be inviting and encouraging people to go with you and to, to come out and, and if you have a class, you know, just push it as a class, push it as a church, whatever, uh, because it takes a lot of momentum in order to have a healthy and a strong uh, outreach program. That's actually part one have a part two of our interview with Jeremy. Now, whereas in part one here, we talked about, you know, things like just excellence in media and then really looking to what what you can do to have a effective outreach for your big days and your, your community days, if you will. Uh, and it was it's excellent. And then as we continue to talk, uh, we realized that we had enough content to break this up into two parts. So the next part, we kind of segue into talking more about after you get a guest, after someone's been at your church, that's great, but that's that's just the first step. How do you take that guest, that first-time visitor, and then you are able to actually convert them to a regular attender and as someone who's actually plugged in and involved in the core of your church? And I think they've got an excellent process with that. And that may seem a little bit out of you know the creative space in terms of media and whatnot, but really it's a key part of marketing in general. If you think about a business, uh, it's not just about contacting and, you know, getting the word out there to uh, a potential customer. It's about making them a first time customer, but then a repeat customer. I think a lot of churches don't take the time and the effort and the money to, they don't spend a lot of time retaining people. Once they get them in the church one time, they think, oh, the job is done. Well, no, that's great. Good job on getting that that far, but that's what Jeremy does with taking that extra mile and saying, hey, we're going to do more instead of just that initial welcome. This is what we can do to bring them back. Yep. And this this is really how they have grown a church from, I mean, literally nothing in a storefront about 30 years ago to a church that on big days runs six and 700. And so uh, it, the key is that assimilation process, that effort. So t- stay tuned. Uh, next next uh, month, we'll be releasing part two of our interview with Jeremy about that. Uh, If you're enjoying this podcast, 
and we hope you are. We want to thank you, first of all, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And we want to hear from you. This is a, we're still calling this a new podcast. We, this is only our third, actually really our second official episode. It's our fourth episode overall because we had a preview episode, bonus episode. But this is only our, really our second month of the podcast. And we, we want to hear from you. We want you to have a part in shaping the future of this podcast. And so if you head over to mustincrease.com slash podcast, you're going to find a link to a survey in the show notes. And it's a quick survey. It requires, I think, maybe three minutes of your time. And we just want to hear just some simple questions about what your thoughts are on the podcast, your ideas for the podcast, and like I said, shaping the future of the podcast. And not only are you having a part in shaping this podcast, but you will be entered to win a gift card to Amazon, $100 gift card to Amazon. And we are still waiting on to get a few more uh, responses before we announce the winner. So, and we do like to clarify this. If you've already entered to win last month, that's okay. You can enter to win once a month. So you can fill out up to one survey a month counts as another entry. And so be sure to head over and take that survey. Also, like I said, Please subscribe to our podcast, and if you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcast, uh, we'd love to get a review from you. Let us know what you think through by giving us feedback in that way. And if you're feeling really generous, please share the podcast. Uh, let us know. Share us with your likes and followers and people that you've connected with on social media. Uh, share the podcast if you think this is going to be something that will help uh, other people and help other uh, church leaders with their church creative media and marketing. So. Bo Snyder, thanks again for being with us. Appreciate you, Luke. Good to be here. It's been a good episode, and thanks again for joining us here on the Must Increase Podcast, where our mission is to increase his name through your church. Mm-hmm.